0: Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Health Perspectives Podcast, uh, brought to you by Northeast Georgia Health System in beautiful Gainesville, Georgia. I'm your host, Marie Kruger, and I'm really excited to talk to this group of physicians, and we have a patient with us today, which is always a a treat because we get to hear how things are really going on. Um, We're talking about LVAD today, and an LVAD is a left ventricle assist device. And I'm gonna do some introductions. We have two experts with us. First, we have Dr. Eguilum. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks.
0: Good, good. Dr. Egulum is the Chief of Cardiology at Northeast Georgia Medical Center and also the Medical Director of the Heart Failure Center at Georgia Heart Institute. Do I have that all down?
1: Yeah, yeah, additionally, I'm the program director for the Cardiology Fellowship.
0: Thank you. Yes, you are. It is very exciting. (laughs) Thank you for that. And we have Dr. Thompson with us as well. He is a cardiovascular and thoracic surgeon at Northeast Georgia Physicians Group, and also the Surgical Director of Advanced Heart Failure. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we have Denise. Hey, Denise. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing great. And so Denise is our special guest. She has an LVAD. Right, I do. Okay, yes. so let's start with you, Denise. I'd love to hear your story and and how you're doing today. So tell us a little bit about yourself and and how the LVAD is is working in your life. Okay,
3: so Reader's Digest version of a background was that I got diagnosed with cardiomyopathy when I was 32, and it's familial. My mom has it. My older brother has it. It's kind of goes back from there, but. Um, so I've dealt with this for quite a long time, and then back in 2021, um, I had I had kind of been lingering with some heart function, and percentages are very, very important for what they look for in a cardiomyopathy or a heart patient who has a hard time getting blood and oxygen back into the body. So my, it's called an ejection fraction. So my ejection fraction was always kind of lingering between like 25 and 30 for several years, which is really low. And then when I went in October of 2021, they were reading it at approximately 5% less. So any decline is not a good decline, especially in my case. And in any event, um, we kind of tried to look at some different medicines. Um, I was with a different group at the time, and I just kept getting sicker and sicker through that late fall into the winter, and then in the spring, I was actually in Mexico, and completely fell out like I couldn't I couldn't walk I couldn't even walk from we were in a condo I couldn't walk from the bedroom into the bathroom without getting very winded oh wow and so um, my friend and I we left Mexico and drove straight to the Tucson Medical Center where I got to enjoy a lovely five-day stay there oh goodness but they were the ones that found that my heart had really declined even more so so they were reading me at approximately 15%. Is that where you
0: first heard about the
3: LVAD at that facility? I did not. Okay. No. So uh, they just got me, What all they were trying to do was get me better and so I could come home. Okay. So we got to a point where I could go, um, go back home, and that was um, at the end of March. And at the beginning of April, about a week later... I found myself in the ER at a different hospital and um, they ran a bunch of tests there and I had a heart catheterization there and at that point another doctor that's associated with Dr. Eglum had said, she came over to me and said, we're going to be moving you immediately. And so that's when I showed up at Northeast Georgia. And really it took a couple of weeks before we decided that the LVAD was really an option and or the only option really um, because of some background things that we can talk about if you like um, but long story short this is this is this is the hospital where I really found out about it and um, there was no doubt in my mind that that's exactly what I needed to do as soon as they brought it up that's incredible
0: yeah, so um, a little scary, though, your journey in, in finding out what's going on. It's
3: it's kind of an interesting thing for me. Um, I have a lot of faith, and I've been staring my own mortality in the face since I was 32. So, you know, I guess, sure, it was a little scary, but I knew I was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know when you just get that intuitive feeling? Yes. I just knew. I was like, you know what? I know this is going to work out. This is it. Right. Good. So I just tried to hold on to that.
0: That's that's great. Um, let's talk about what an LVAD is. Maybe folks don't know, Dr. Aguilar.
1: Yeah, so an LVAD uh, stands for left ventricular assist device. So, as the name suggests, it's a it's an artificial pump that we can attach to the heart, and it helps the left side of the heart pump well and increase blood flow through the body. But again, this doesn't necessarily we don't take the heart out. We attach that pump to the the heart that you have and and have some external batteries that are attached to it that keeps the heart um, blood flowing through the body. And it's a really good option for patients who have really bad heart failure, much like Denise had and the way she progressed relatively quickly.
0: So how did that evaluation process look with Denise when you thought the LVAD was a good fit?
1: Correct. So when we met her, um, you know, fortunately we met her when she was extremely sick. We we'd not really interacted with her prior to that. But, you know, as we talked with her and got a sense of her history, of uh, the things that she's been through, how her echocardiogram looked, we were pretty sure that she'd need some form of uh, therapy to help her heart and that medicines, were not gonna cut it, uh, so to speak. So once that, we had that discussion and, and we do an informed consent process where we have our LVAD educators and coordinators come by and sit and talk to the patient and educate them about what an LVAT is. And then we have a multidisciplinary team including our surgeons, social workers, case management, folks on the financial services, psych, and so on that come by and talk and discuss with the patient. Okay. And then once all that information is gathered, we actually meet as a large group, and then we review every bit of data, and then finally uh, make a decision as to what we need to do next, and then we'll talk with the patient.
0: Okay, so the the pump is the only piece of the device that's actually in the body, and then everything's external?
1: Co-
2: correct. So, um, this device basically unloads the uh, volume of blood that's in the left uh, ventricle and accelerates it through a pump and then pumps it back into the bloodstream. Um, this thing is controlled by um, an external controller, but there is a drive line that actually tra- traverses through the abdominal wall and then exits um, so it can connect to the controller and battery pack.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, It sounds like there's a lot of benefits. Are there risks with LVAD?
2: Yeah, so the most common um, thing that we see with LVADs is going to be kind of the more routine things we see with any cardiac surgery, and that's going to be things like uh, pneumonias, uh, infections, those type of things. Um, One of the biggest uh, risks that we worry about when we do this procedure is actually the risk of stroke, and and that tends to be kind of uh, multifactorial Uh, but anytime you actually have to core out or take a piece of heart muscle away um, and kind of resect certain parts of it you always worry about small debris that can um, you know scatter about and kind of fall into the chamber and end up going to the brain at some point Um, the surgery itself carries about a 10 percent risk of having a stroke and we do our best to to avoid those things unfortunately here at northeast georgia we have been kind of below that uh, national standpoint
0: Oh, that's, that's amazing. So what did the recovery look like for you? Is it something where Denise automatically feels better after it's implanted? Or what was that like?
2: <laughs> she's probably gonna have to answer that. <laughs> yeah, <one>. I'm learning,
0: <laughs> uh, learning as I go
3: here.
2: Yeah, I would imagine those first few days are probably pretty rough. But I'll let Denise kind of explain that. Correct.
3: So um, I think my situation was maybe just a tad different. So uh, we had to keep me under for uh, t- about 24 hours. And then when I came, came through, um, everybody was so kind and I was in the CICU. Um, and they kept telling me, you know, sooner you get up, the faster you can get off of this floor and back to where you were um, for your recovery. So I'm pretty headstrong and so, I was watching some of the other patients walk and the next day they came in and said do you think you're ready to walk and i said oh yeah so that's great <laughs> so i took a spin <laughs> wow. around the nurse's station and then the next day uh, with a walk with a with a uh what's that walker called
1: the rolling that? walker
3: the, t- the tall one
1: I guess yeah, a rolling walker it's just got work yeah. okay, so yeah. there's
3: one, so if you guys can imagine a walker, it's probably more about chest height, and okay. so it kind of keeps you really stable, and you know all my machines and everything following, so it was kind of an experience, but I was really I was really glad um so when I was able to go back down to the step down unit, um you know it was just kind of more of that you know, try to get up and move as much as you can, walk the halls. Um, They didn't want you to do it without anybody, you know, for the first few days. Sure. Um, But I feel like my recovery was pretty outstanding as far as uh, having your chest cracked open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, so and I was uh, technically released uh, a week after my surgery.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Wow.
0: Oh, my goodness. Released to go home. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible just to think
3: about that. What is your heart care look like now? I mean... Mm -hmm. With the LVAD. So, I still have uh, some regular appointments with an LVAD team and with my heart failure team, Dr. Eglum, and um, I've been in to see uh, follow ups with Dr. Thompson. And everybody's really caring and very conscientious of what my needs are and where I'm at. Um, I'm also very blessed, I, I really utilize the palliative care. Um, where you have somebody you can talk to, because you do go through, through some things, you know, mentally, right, for sure. Um, so having the therapist and somebody to talk to, I think is very, very important for a lot of people. And I don't know that a lot of people utilize that or or have access to that. But yeah, um, but it's really just it's meds and um, cardiac. I just started cardiac rehab. A few wow! weeks ago so I'm super excited about that that's great yes yeah, so that'll help build my stamina and you know more longevity to be able to do uh, more activities for longer periods of time
0: okay so let's talk about day-to-day activities so you mentioned earlier that just you know walking and walking around you would get winded do you experience that at all
3: now not unless I'm going really far or okay. or running up a hill in the heels to get here. Oh, gotcha. Well, yes. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I just said, I know this hospital in and out. I should have known better. But that was funny. But um, no, I feel really blessed. I mean, I do feel like a completely different person than I've felt in years. Wow. That's incredible. In years. So um, I'm able to maneuver around a... Just the last couple of months, because I just had the LVAD surgery this past April, okay. April 22nd. So what is it? Just nine months? Mm-hmm. Just about. And um, so that's not been not, really a long time. No, it's not. So I feel like I've, I've done pretty well. I'll say. You look great. So yeah. oh,
1: and, and, yeah. and that's what thanks. a lot of our patients tell us, right? Because sometimes, you know, patients when they're sick, they don't realize how sick they are. Where sometimes some of the simplest things really take a lot of energy and effort, and once the pump goes in now, they're like, oh, I can actually play with the grandkids, or I can walk up the driveway and not feel winded. Right. And it's, it's those little things that patients come back and say, wow, I can really now live again and have a better quality of life.
0: So what made Denise a good candidate for LVAD?
1: Well, there was a couple of things we looked at. Uh, so number one, there's, there's what we call a window of opportunity, right? So we want a patient to be sick enough to need it, but not too sick where they wouldn't benefit from it. So I think we were right down that middle. Um, and I think as we looked through her medical history, really aside from her heart failure problem, she really has no other medical issues. She doesn't have the, a lot of patients may have kidney problems, or lung problems, so she didn't have any of those issues. Okay. And then as we looked through her history as well, we realized that there's no medications we could give her to treat her to make her feel better because a lot of that has been exhausted. So really now we needed to go for something like um, LVAD therapy.
0: Okay, and will you have the same LVAD forever?
2: So it, that's kind of a uh indeterminate answer I think um, you know right now these uh, are designed to last many many years and and we still have patients that are ongoing they're living with an LVAD so I think time will tell how durable these things are but um, I think that these things are really designed to outlast the life of the patient and not um, you know die from something like heart failure uh, in the long term. Um, This is actually a great option for patients with ongoing heart failure because heart transplant is kind of a a limited um, resource. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't qualify for transplant. And so those that are, um, you know, a good candidate uh, really can benefit from these things. Uh, One thing that we uh, do have to watch out for is the actual right side of the heart. Um, The right side of the heart actually has to be functional and be able to get blood over to the device uh, for this device to work properly. And and Denise, uh, hers was actually adequate. And I think um, in those patients, this is a perfect option uh, for those that are having A left ventricular dysfunction with a a reasonable uh, heart function on the right side.
0: So is it safe to say that as Denise goes through the cardiac rehab, she's just going to keep getting better and better?
1: Yeah, I think that's our goal. Um, You know, the procedure's been done. She's on medicines to still treat treat her as well. So now cardiac rehab is really more to optimize um, overall heart function and her functionality as well.
0: Okay. And is that something that patients do like weekly or monthly? How does that work?
1: So, once they um, get over the first few weeks, months, or so on, we refer all our patients to cardiac rehab. Okay. You know, by definition, uh, for those who don't have uh, never interacted with it, but the cardiac rehab program is a dedicated exercise program that we have here at Northeast Georgia that focuses on patients with heart disease and finding ways to improve their function overall. Okay. So, each patient gets the personalized, tailored exercise program that they follow to help them get better at be as functional as possible.
3: Okay. I feel like everyone should do cardiac rehab. So it's interesting I mean, if I can interject yeah, for please. half a second, is that um not just you can't just go anywhere for cardiac rehab as an LVAD patient. Cool. Oh okay, so tell me more. they have to be certified. Okay. So uh for example, I'm going to an a, another facility off site of this hospital and before I could go there. They had to get certified, but they were willing to do it they really wanted to do it and so they did it um, I guess for for me but for the future, you know which is yeah. s- super cool that so is. and they're they're all fabulous
0: so tell me a little bit about your actual device if you don't mind me asking is it I don't see it
3: is it big or is it tucked under your shirt or is it <laughs> so it's kind of interesting let me let me show you really fast oh. It's, it's in your purse. I didn't see that. Right. Well, everybody kind of trips out when they see it yeah. because they don't realize. And I've, you know, I've tried different things. There's, there's other ways to carry it. Um, I've tried a football girdle. I've tried a, a waistband. Uh, it type looks of like my flip phone but from, to from be on-
0: 1995.
3: Yeah. To, <laughs> to be honest with you, it's just kind of easier for me anyway, just to slip it in my purse because then I can slide it off my shoulder and not feel the weight of it you right. know so so it has the uh, two batteries um that are hooked up to a control device so and it's about seven pounds okay, okay. about seven pounds so right. what are you okay. actually controlling that speed of the pump so what this controller does for me anyway and i'm sure dr egelman dr thompson can tell you but i do i do read my Um, controller several times a day and um, it kind of helps tell me how my heart is doing so I can actually kind of monitor a little bit as well so And I watch and I know if I'm getting dehydrated, that's the biggest thing that I kind of look for is getting dehydrated or uh, what they call a low flow, uh, which is, you know, the heart's not really, it's not pumping like it should, right? Mm -hmm. So the blood's not flowing like it should, but you all can tell
1: better. (laughs) Yeah. So using that controller, there's only really one thing we set and that's really the speed at which the pump's going. So we call it RPMs, revolutions per, per minute. Um, and based on the speed, that shows you, um, we can estimate how much flow is going through the body. Wow! And then that uh, monitor also keeps track of several um, parameters in the body as well. So when she comes to clinic or when she's up and about, if there's any issues, we can get alarms Okay. that we can review and figure out what we need to do differently.
0: So and when, oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So sleeping, is there, <laughs> what's <laughs> that? Is it different?
3: Like. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. So, um, so sleeping is different, and it took a while to figure out how to sleep. And now it's kind of interesting. I can sleep in any position, okay. but it took me a long time because I was always kind of a left side sleeper. Mm-hmm. And with the Elvad, because my drive line comes out, off my left side underneath my heart, it's um, it was very difficult for a long time. And it was well, it was very painful for a while um and then just very uncomfortable now it's fine it's almost like it's just it's just a part of me now wow and so and um that you can plug into the wall actually and um so you don't have to worry about the batteries and then there's about a 30 foot cord that is attached to um the device and so you can you can maneuver around pretty well. Okay. You know, so I can, if I get up in the middle of the night and have to go to the restroom, I can kind of pop up and go down there, so. Okay. Um, and you shower and you keep it... So showering is a different story,, okay. so everything's kind of These are different with I'm thinking LVAD. about yeah, right, so with LVAD, um, you cannot get your driveline site wet okay. at all, so it has to it needs to stay dry um, because you have to change the bandages it's a very sensitive site, gotcha It's basically an open wound okay. if you want to think of it like that Okay. Um, and so there's a special bag that they have. Um, produced and so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a vinyl bag and it, your equipment goes in there and then it's got lots of little it's got a couple of different folds over the top with locks and everything and zippers to make sure that your the batteries and the controller do not get wet your drive line can get wet okay but your your equipment cannot okay okay
0: so has elva been around for quite some time
1: yeah, LVAD technology has been around for quite a while, um, but but again, we've had multiple different iterations of it. So what Denise has is the HeartMate 3, which is the latest and greatest version of, of LVAD technology. Okay. And um, when we look at some of the older LVADs, I mean, I know you see how small this is, but some of the older ones were you know, really big. They were the size of suitcases, two or three of them. Wow. But with each iteration of the pump, they've gotten smaller, uh, there is a higher risk of bleeding, and strokes, and other problems with the other pumps. And with this more recent version of the pump, a lot of those issues have been fixed. So it's getting better and better. And as we talk about that technology, there's a new iteration uh, that's in the works where there's actually not a drive line. So the, the pump system is fully implantable without any external. Um, Drive lines connected to it. So, That's incredible. So there's been prototypes that have been drawn up, and uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of uh, industry secrets around it, and it's not been fully put out. But sure, they're pretty close to having that developed.
2: Yeah, uh. I think I think the um, Achilles seal right now for the the uh, ventricular assist devices are that external. Z- Externalization of that driveline um, because it is kind of a potential nidus for an infection. But the um, the in the future, I think the more advances in technology and we can get rid of this driveline, I think uh, would really be a benefit to patients. Hopefully, from the cumbersome nature of taking care of all this stuff, but just to be able to do the things you normally would, like uh, shower without doing extensive dressings, and you know maybe even swimming and those type of things, because a lot of patients miss out on that.
0: I'm sure. So, what would you tell? What do you want patients to know about LVAD? The good, the bad, the ugly. Like, what
3: what would you tell someone who is considering getting an LVAD? I definitely get it. Yeah. Um, You know, there's risks with everything in life, and the potential to continue to be with your loved ones, the potential to get to a normal routine again a better routine because your body's performing better because your heart's performing better and you know I feel like this is nine months that I would not have had if I didn't have the LVAD for certain and the things that are cumbersome about it and that can be frustrating they melt away because you start to figure out how to deal with it Mm -hmm. you know and um again i think having a lot of support from loved ones and friends is huge that's always been huge for me and again you know i, I it's not a faith based uh show i'm sure but it's just i that i lean on that so much because oh, yeah. i'm just so grateful for every day that i open my eyes i'm like wow this is just going to be a great day that's right That's right. Do you have some
0: goals, personal goals, that you'd like to achieve now that you have your LVAD, whether it's... I don't know whether it's traveling more or I, I don't know. Like, do you have any goals
3: that you want to talk about? So, Dr. Eglum's because I've already been traveling. Oh, see, she's Denise is like,
0: she's
1: already hit the road. Yep. Yeah.
3: I t- I've taken road trips good and I've for you. flown and good for you. So, um, and I do, you know, I didn't want to this. That's another thing, I didn't want the LVAD to. Define me. I still want to be me and I still want to love life and experience things and, you know, be able to, you know, move around. And sure, it again, it has its limitations, but they're not enough to hold you back. If you really want to do something, you can do it. You know, I mean, again, there's two or three things that you really should not do, Mm -hmm. and they say don't do them. And other than that, the sky's the limit. That's Certainly. wonderful. So that's great. What about um, the ages of
0: your patients? Do you, st- what sort of age group do you normally see? I'm just curious. Do you see young people, pe-
1: like It's a wide range. I mean, we've had some patients as young as in their 20s and we've had other patients in their early 80s. Wow. So really this technology is applicable to any age range. It just depends on the clinical circumstances we're we're dealing with.
0: That's wonderful. And as Denise, you're so resilient. I mean, you just kind of, adapted to this new lifestyle keeping in mind this is nine months that I have and I'm
3: feeling better every day oh absolutely that's amazing and absolutely and I know there's more to come I mean there's just so many things that are that just really seem to be um in my favor you know just all the way around so um I'm anxious to get back to work but I'm in the middle of some um some Studies, I guess I don't know really what yeah. to call them. some testing, <laughs> okay, so w- we're trying to determine what my soon to be future is going to look like, yeah well, that's exciting yeah right.
1: i think I think for me the the biggest part of LVAD technology or the part that really breaks my heart is a lot of patients don't know about this technology, right, so they have heart failure, they're in and out of the hospital, and they never interact with the the doctors who who can provide them with this therapy, so I think whatever we can do to raise awareness and let patients know they have an option. Um, right? Because unfortunately we know too many patients die mm. without having been exposed to this option when, when they're not in the right clinical setting. So, so
0: patients think. should feel encouraged to ask. Correct. Ask their cardiologist.
1: Correct, and definitely if they have heart failure and they're not getting better, they really ought to ask to be seen by an advanced heart failure cardiologist because these are cardiologists like myself who specialize and taking care of heart failure patients 24, 7,
0: Wow, that's incredible. I've learned so much in this short amount of time. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, gosh, thank
3: you for having me. This is an amazing opportunity for me as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I
0: want to hear about about you going forward. I want to hear all the places you travel and the (laughs) the mountains you're going to climb. I have a feeling you're going to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, That's right. (laughs) Well, look, we're out of time today, but I just want to thank everyone, and thank you for listening. And uh, please uh, like and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, and we'll see you next time. Take care.